Chris, I'm Luke. And I'm Kurt. And welcome to The Breakdown live on vacation. <laughs> I think it's on location. But... No, it's vacation. <laughs> I love it. So great to join you all here. Man, we're in a beautiful space I right know. now. I know. This is really awesome. Somebody said we look like we're on a golf course. So Yeah. I'll take that. Wind's blowing, sun's out. So Do you golf? I haven't golfed in a long time. Okay. Uh, when I moved out to Colorado, I gave away my clubs, but I do golf. Okay. Really poorly, so if you want to go, I'll make you feel good. Yeah, <laughs> same with me. All the pictures of me golfing, I have terrible form. So, but I was I was a good caddy for one of my friends. Oh, so. dude, that's how I uh, cut my teeth in those early yeah. days. No, I'm all set with caddying. So, but hey, man, what a what a great opportunity. First of all, you know, we talked about kind of packing up and heading up on the road. We've got a new time slot, so we're so glad to be here at 8 p.m. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us. But this summer's going to be chock full of a lot of cool things. Oh, absolutely. So we're on the tail end of this seven-letter rampage, which we'll get into in just a few moments. But before we do, we've got to give some major thanks out to the pastors who joined us last week, Pastor Bill and Pastor Brandon. Thank Thank you you so much. You were such a blessing. And um, I don't know if either one of those guys, I mean, I don't know how they um, just dove right in and did oh, they did a they did a very good job they covered a lot i know um and i i told them both, I'm like, i can't wait to have you guys back on and i'm hoping they, with us here yeah you know? we can actually do it together yeah it was and it was a real blessing getting to listen to the show yeah i i think it's great so we want to thank you guys once again and of course you know this past weekend was father's day and so we had a little bit of that on the mm-hmm. service where pastor zach woke up early in the morning with the tail end of the words of malachi where the God would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children to the fathers. So there was that time of ministry at the end of worship, which I thought was so good. So dads, we hope you had a wonderful Father's Day. Um, Children, hope you were able to reconnect. We heard some testimony this week, Luke, in our staff meeting of just some some fathers and daughters and sons reconnecting. That's beautiful. So it's beautiful what what God is doing. So, And of course, we're here um, at this season this time of philadelphia the city of brotherly love amen (laughs) but as pastor zach so eloquently said not philadelphia pennsylvania no it is not no so a lot going on here in this passage uh luke Mm -hmm. yeah and i just you know before we dive into that i think it is really important that we just touch on uh tithing yes that pastor zach brought up during the message and the importance of tithing and and i think that even when we understand that tithing, it's not this hard and fast rule. Mm. It Like everything that we do for the Lord, it's supposed to come from a heart posture That's right. and not because we're following rules. Yeah. Um, but when we're, when we're giving and when we are giving the 10th, um, as the Lord lays out in the, in the scripture, when we're doing that from the pos- the heart posture of, I am serving the Lord with everything that I have. All I'm going to, I am, everything that I have yeah. is for me to steward mm-hmm. for the Lord. Yeah. And when we, and so me giving him the money, it's not even me giving it. It's me recognizing this was yours. And I trust that so wholeheartedly that I will give this back to you, knowing that you will provide for all of my needs. Yeah. Oh, that's so good, Luke. I, I love this this teaching is, you know, what you have to look at, you have to hear Pastor Zach's heart. I understand. He can be very tongue-in-cheek to get a point across. I actually think he does a great job of doing that. He did that. a very love, good job. I love that about him. I, I think it's so awesome that he can kind of joke around about it. And because so many of us have come from the background of 
there was hurt in the area of finances. Either we were manipulated or lied to or deceived. And so we, we maybe believed a half-truth. But I wanted to say this too in the area of tithing and financial giving. You know, there, you overall, you want to make sure you're sowing seed into good soil. But if you believed what you were being told and you sowed that seed out of good conscience mm-hmm. of your heart, man, you can trust God for that harvest. Amen. Overall, the practice is to sow into good soil. I want to say that first and foremost. But second to that, if you sowed with a good heart, a cheerful heart, God loves the cheerful giver. And he will see to it that you're rewarded for that harvest. And I really feel like that's specific for somebody. I felt that on Sunday morning that maybe you sowed, you gave, you gave a tithe or whatever it was. And then you feel like because you discovered later on there was manipulation, deception or lying that all that money's lost. Listen, just turn that right around. And just say, Lord, I sowed, I'm going to expect the harvest from you. Right. I think that's a biblical principle Amen. because that's what Amen. Pastor Zach was hitting on. Yeah. The principle, not the law. No, no. And, and you know, even on, on a very practical level, we have to also address the fact that, you know, the church, we need to, to have what we have and maintain the, the properties that the Lord has given us as a church. We need, we need, we need finances. Mm-hmm. And I loved how Pastor Zach, he said this in second service, that you need to have peace yeah. for your seed. Yeah. And maybe if 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 our church is a place where you don't feel that peace from the Lord to lay your seed and, and give financially, then maybe that that could be the Lord leading you to go somewhere else, yeah. to move your seed somewhere else. And, and that that just debunks one of the biggest um the biggest lies that I think, you know, Satan tries to get at with 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 people is that, oh, the church just wants your money for mm. them. And it's like, no. We, we need your money, but we don't, we're not after your money. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we want your money to go where the Lord wants it to go. Absolutely. So if it's not with us, then maybe the Lord's leading you to, to, to take it somewhere else. That's right. But yeah, one of the biblical principles I, I pray comes across in this teaching on tithing and giving and sowing and reaping is that Paul actually admonishes the church in one of his letters. And he says, listen, those of us who have sown spiritually... It's not wrong for us to reap naturally. I love that you're bringing up the practical aspect of, you know, in Malachi 3, the Lord says, don't rob God, don't rob his house, but bring the whole tithe where? So his house may be full. There may be food in his house. And if you bring that to the 21st century church where Christ has already been died, buried, and rose again, you see the church now, like you're saying practically, Luke, still needs the finances to really be effective in today's culture. So I I love that. I hope we get more teaching on this and get to more of this because it's going to be wonderful. Don't be afraid. I want to say this. Don't be afraid in the area of teaching on finances. It's only for your benefit. Amen. Amen. And if you have any questions on this, please seek out seek out the pastoral team at church absolutely they'll be very happy to talk with you about this absolutely or drop a line info at hbc.church we'd be glad to make some connections with you but but don't let a previous hurt and wound rob you from what god has it's going to be an awesome season so maybe that'll come right after we wrap up these seven letters (laughs) who knows who knows but we're on six out of seven here philadelphia amen so talk to us about philadelphia luke and what's going on i mean jesus presents himself as the holy one yes he does and um Philadelphia is, it's like the church in Smyrna where there isn't a very heavy-handed correction. Mm. It's more of a, 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 an encouragement to keep going and to, you know, to trust, to trust the Lord and trust that the Lord is going to be the one that strengthens them yeah. and the Lord is going to spare them um, as they persevere. So 
one of the places where Pastor Zach rested first was he emphasized um, how Jesus presents himself, he who is holy, he who is true. Mm. And this link of truth and holiness is so vital. It really is. It is so vital, especially within the cultural context that we find ourselves in. You know, everyone is ser- is searching for the truth. But what do we hear when we're out in the world? It's, well, what's your truth? Mm. Or I honor you for sharing your truth. Yeah. And there, there's a slight, you know, no pun intended, there is a slight truth in yep. that. There's an element. But when we're talking about what's our source of truth or how do we measure truth, that's where things get really dicey and we have to make sure we're drawing from the right well, the right source. And he mentioned relative truth. So oh, yeah. just flesh out, if you've never heard that term relative truth, what yeah. does that mean? Yeah, I mean, in this postmodern culture, there's been so many guys like Ravi Zacharias and, and others who've done a great job to talk about the postmodern culture that we're living in and relativism or relativistic truth. These are big concepts um, that have really played out in the past 20 to 30 years. And the simple understanding of relativism or a relative truth is that you can have your truth and I can have mine and we can respectfully agree to disagree. And the the truth of the matter is, (laughs) Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the the truth, truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so it's not all roads do lead to God. Not all religions do lead to God. Not all ways lead to God. God can find us in anything. We can be walking down a path and the Lord can locate us and he can call us out. But to say, hey, it's okay if you believe that, that's okay for you to believe that. No, that's actually wrong. That's where that relativism has come in. Exactly. And and I was thinking yesterday, you know, Ravi Zacharias, C.S. Lewis, these guys, you know, although they were many years apart, they, they talked about this concept of a moral compass. Man, if we lose our moral compass, which is where we go, then we have come, which is where we're headed. Right. We are so off of, of, of that base of saying, mm-hmm. oh man, like if we take away the Bible as the source of truth, then we don't know which way we're going. We don't right. know which direction Well, because we're going. at that point, we end up with what feels right to me. And yeah. that's the natural result of a of a postmodern culture where you're, there's no one standard of truth and it just ends up being, well, what feels right to me, I'm going to follow my feelings. Yes. And, and we can already see in our culture, the danger of that. Now that, that doesn't mean, I I do want to say this, that doesn't mean that because you're, we're worlds apart, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm a follower of Christ and you may have never heard of Jesus. That doesn't mean that it's my job to go and Bible thump you and to try to drag you over here. I'm supposed to share this good news with you in in a loving way. And it's the expectation, the desire that by sharing that good news, that God will touch your heart. Right. But we we can't just um, we can't just walk out with all acceptance of, no, of all these no. different things and say hey that's okay no we can't and so Jesus is our standard of truth and that's why Pastor Zach was saying we have to re- remove Jesus from the world's understanding of truth and then we have to instead go to Jesus knowing that he is the truth and allow him to inform what we accept as the truth and and what is right for life and for living and I think it's so powerful in John 17 when Jesus is praying for his followers you know he talks about you know he thanks God for giving him uh, his disciples and then us as his followers and he's he's thankful that God has put us in in this world yeah. and he doesn't pray that we get removed from the world but he says in John 17 uh, 17 he says sanctify them in the truth your word is truth 
And Gunner wants some Jesus Gunner, Gunner too. Some See, Jesus he knows too. the this way and the truth. <laughs> He's a sanctified pup. Give away our location. Uh, <laughs> no, but you're talking about your word is truth. Yes. So, you know, I, I, I think that's really good to bring us back around to where do we get our source of truth? That's kind of where I was headed with the moral compass. I didn't yes. want to go off, but where do we get our source of mm-hmm. truth? That is the word of God. Right. It is Jesus. And if we deviate from that, that's where we get the relativistic idea right. that everybody can have a truth. Right. So Jesus saying, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is true. Right. Is where because we're... we have this, con- this concept of Jesus is holy. Yes. And, he's, and he is the truth. And we are also called to be holy, but we are sanctified in the truth of Jesus. And that's a process. It is. And that is, that's led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So... If if anyone is feeling feelings of guilt, maybe you're you know the Holy Spirit is in your heart even now, awakening areas where you're realizing, oh, I got my truth on this from the world and not from Christ. That's okay. That's good. That's good. And God is going to lovingly guide you through that. That that's a great thing. We should stop and talk about God's loving conviction and correction. Mm-hmm. The Lord corrects those whom He loves. Yeah. And He and He disciplines. Everybody he brings close to him. So if we can get that sense of conviction, we're going to receive well. The final thing I want to say on this idea of truth is that Zach made an excellent point of even in the church. I think it's easy when we look at the world versus the church. But even in the church, we've kind of tried to bring Jesus. This is what he said. Bring Jesus into our paradigm. The way that we want to see the Lord in our Christian culture, in our church culture. But we have to take him out of that and let him be the absolute. And Mm -hmm. we learn from Jesus. We learn from the Word. We don't make the word or make Jesus what we need him no. and the word to be. No. We don't have that privilege. So I just wanted to share that on that final Absolute. point of view. No, that's, that's, a, yeah. that's awesome. So then we come to the key of David. Yes. So we spend some time on, so the, on the key of David. So what, what did you take away from that? Well, as I was sitting there listening, of, of course, I thought it was an excellent illustration that Pastor Zach would bring up this key. Because I was thinking, well, Jesus says the key of David, and then you have little power. You know, I will, I will open the doors mm. that no man can shut and shut the doors that no yes. man can open. And I love the concept of what a little key does. Yes. It opens up this broad world of power. So I, I was meditating a lot of what that key actually was, and I got to thinking. I love that Pastor Zach broke it down. I got to thinking immediately before he started teaching of it must have been David's heart. David had a heart after God and he desired God's presence Mm. and Jesus himself. I mean, the scripture says that David had, um, David had that heart for, for God. So, right. And I, and I think that's, that's really key. And I think it's cool how we, we started talking about tithing at the beginning and how that's a heart, that's a heart posture. That's what all of this comes down to. Um, and cause David wasn't perfect, but yet he is recognized, um, you know, as being part of the royal lineage of Christ. That's totally it. And um, I was doing a little more digging on the concept of the key of David, and one of the places I was reading, uh, they referenced that this concept of the key also comes up in Isaiah 22, Mm. um, where Isaiah is is admonishing... um, So you have the court of King Hezekiah in Judah, and uh, Hezekiah's uh, steward... Shebna, he is not, um, he's not operating with a heart for the Lord. Um, in fact, Jewish, Jewish historians believe that he was collaborating or sympathizing with the Assyrians who were trying to come in and, and, and capture Judah. So through Isaiah, the Lord calls out Shebna and says that uh, he's going to take 
uh, take his role and give it to Eliakim, who has a heart for the Lord. Yeah. And he's going to receive this the key. And, and then the Lord's going to strengthen him. Now, the key... The, the, the key uh, symbolized the, the stewardship. So if you had a key, it was, a, it was power because you could open doors. And if you go back, and I'm, I'm not going to read it right now, but I challenge everyone, go back to Isaiah 22. Um, it's around Isaiah 22, verse 22. In that area, you're going to see a lot of parallels between the Revelation chapter and then also yeah, the Isaiah are. passage. And I'll let you discover that on your own because um, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. But the key, the chief steward would have that and they would wear that on their shoulder oh, wow. to symbolize their role. Yeah. And then um, they could open doors and in Isaiah it says that he will open doors that no one can can shut. Yep. Um, and so it's this whole concept of stewardship, and God will allow people to steward um, areas if their heart is correct, mm. if their heart posture is 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 after Him. That's good. And you know you see that in the New Testament where. Jesus says to Peter, you know, on this rock, after Peter confesses Christ as being the, the, you know, the Christ, the son of the living God, he's like, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And he gives, he says, I will give you the, the keys to the kingdom. Yes. Now that's not that Peter's going to be in charge of the kingdom, but he's going to steward the kingdom. He's going to steward the church. Yeah. And then now bring it down to today on an individual level, we have all been given areas to steward. Yes. So we can tie this right back to tithing. Yes, we can. It's not an accident that the Lord led Pastor Zach to talk about tithing this week. I agree. You know, because it is all about stewardship. We all have keys. We all have doors that can open. But it's trusting the Lord with those doors. Yeah. And he and Pastor Zach brought up that powerful story of his own life. Where he really wanted to go back to, to Florida. Yeah. But the Lord had other plans for him. I know. It's so good. And, you know, I was just so privileged to share our testimony with, with you guys this, this past weekend. And that's a lot of what I was thinking mm -hmm. about. Not even knowing that we were going to be in this passage with Philadelphia and thinking about the past three to six months of my life trying to get a mortgage and trying to find a rental property and all the doors being shut in my face. And Zach was even joking first service almost rudely at times. And he looked right at me because yeah. it was that intense. Yeah. And we were standing there saying, okay, we've, we've walked with the Lord enough to know that if all these doors are being shut, the Lord must have something bigger that we can't see. And so we do want to, you know, point to this in your personal life, because this is the goal to break the message down, but then to be able to look inward and say, okay, God, you know, as Pastor Zach was saying, the closed doors are just as much a part of our destiny as the open doors. Amen. What a powerful point Amen. that unless you're living and walking by the Spirit, you're going to miss. So it's so good to realize, like, if you're knocking on a door, and all throughout this past season of my life, what I was saying to people is I was just knocking on a door. If the door opens, then I'm going to walk through it. If another door is shut, then I'm going to trust the Lord. And we're talking on the car right over here that when you're living and walking by the Spirit and you've surrendered your life to the Lord, you can trust Him. If a door is closed, in your face, you can trust him. You're not supposed to go down right. that road. And it allows you to see your circumstances from the perspective of the Lord. Yes. Because if you and your wife and your family weren't, didn't, weren't living in the spirit and weren't seeing, you know, the, the tremendous power and vision that the Lord has for putting you at that camp. Yeah. You could, you would have the attitude of, look, we are literally homeless. Like yeah. we have no roof over our head. Yeah. We are we are out here in this abandoned property. The yeah. Lord has abandoned us. Yeah. 
which was so interesting because flashback three years ago, that was my mentality coming home from our experience in Colorado. I was like, well, we're abandoned and we're forsaken. But, you know, the week before, Pastor Rob got up and had a word and he said, God will have you revisit a situation just wow. to show you there could be a different Amen. outcome. So with Amen. God, if you're walking by the Spirit and God is leading you, walk through the doors he opens and then don't knock on the ones that he is shutting. Man, we are already like, this is, it's hard to tell what time it is, but we're already coming close to an we end We are here, coming so. to an end. Can you bring us to some of these great questions? Yeah, so, so leading into that, yeah. you know, and, and going on to the fact that the Lord will bring you back to a place. Yeah. In second service, Pastor Zach emphasized um, pre what he says is preemptive perseverance. Yeah. Because the church in Philadelphia is challenged for their, their perseverance. They are encouraged. And so perseverance or patience, as some other translations will, um, will have... If we have that preemptively, if we are practicing that, mm -hmm. then we are going to be spared from tests. Yes, because we'll beautiful. we'll pass them, and yes. the, and and we'll we'll be spared from those consequences, or oh, even just some difficulties. I know, you know. So, and in James one uh, verses two through four, James writes, "Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, mm -hmm. because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything." So we can we get perseverance by experiencing testing, but then when we practice perseverance, it can save us from further testing mm. or further difficulties down the road. That's so which good. I think is cool. Yeah, and it's really important, like you said, the preemptive and Pastor said the preemptive perseverance right. to be able to push through. And it's like clepping that test. It's like, okay, yes. I don't have to go down and, yes. and, and take that road test. I just, I passed it right here. You know? Right, right. So don't, don't belittle the situations that you're in. Ask the Lord, you know, Lord, I'm in this tough season in my life. Teach me, show me what I need to learn so that I can develop the patience to persevere and to overcome um, in future, in, in, in future testing. Yeah. And so and when we do that, we see that the Lord, to the overcomer, the Lord establishes the overcomer as a pillar. The Lord sets sets that pillar up. Oh, that's so good. And then you can't be moved as the pillar. No. You can't be shaken. And it's because you have withstood the test. You have, yes. I love the scripture, the proverb says that when the whirlwind passes by, the righteous remain standing. Right. And that's the difference is yeah. that you may have to weather a bunch of storms. You may go through a bunch of tests, but you are established as mm -hmm. that pillar that won't go out anymore and, and will withstand. Right. And that's what Zach said. Yeah. You know, pillars remain standing even when the structures around them fall. Mm -hmm. So in closing, as, as, we, as we wrap this up, for each of us, I think we need to um, reflect on these truths of this passage. And it's some questions that um, I found the, the spirit leading me to ask myself and, and, and to you as well is number one, where, where do I go to find truth? Am I basing all of my source of truth in Jesus yeah. or where am I allowing the world to influence that? Great question. And then um, what is an area or maybe there are multiple areas in my life, your life where I'm struggling to practice, practice preemptive perseverance, where I'm struggling to be patient, mm. um, to hold out, um, and, and trust that the Lord is going to get me through. Yeah. Um, and then which doors or, or door, maybe it's just one or two, what are the doors that the Lord is uh, leading you to open or maybe he's trying to close? Yeah. And then through all that, 
maybe there's an action step that the Lord is leading you to take. Um, and then if you need guidance in that, that's why we have the body of Christ. That's why yeah. we have each other because some of these things, even though we're going to individually take that step, we need to, we need the encouragement of others. We really do. You know, and as a closing remark, I want to say right alongside that is that when we look back, these letters were written to churches. Mm. They weren't written to individuals, which no. meant this would have been read aloud at the church and right. the body would be discussing it. So I think it's good if the Lord's putting something on your heart to be able to talk with another brother or sister about, we've encouraged this before, mm -hmm. you know, get together, watch the breakdown, watch the service together, have people over your house, dialogue about the message and, and what it's doing, because that's how we grow. Right. So I think it's good to right. not try to do this in an isolated environment mm. and feel like I'm an island. God's mm. dealing with me on this. I, I can't tell you, like, I would have been so distraught if I didn't have the body through this past season. Nope. You know, and it's important that we do life together Amen. to support one another. So, Amen. yeah. I guess I'll pray us out. Yes. I guess we'll, we'll see you at another location or you'll see us at another location next week. Father, we thank you for this time. We bless you and we praise you. Lord, you are the Holy One. Lord, you are truth. And Lord, you are the way. The disciples said, where's the way? We don't know the way. Jesus, you said, I'm the way. So we pray that we would find truth in you. We would find holiness, righteousness, peace, and joy in you. Thank you that we can trust you to open the doors and that those doors can't be shut no. and that you would shut the doors that cannot be opened. That's actually a good thing. So we rest in you. Thank you that you have given us a little bit of power with that key. And we trust you. We believe that you are for us and not against us. Help this to sink deep in our hearts that we could live for you always. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, folks, that's been great. I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. That's The Breakdown. See you next week.